You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. On today's installment of The College Loop, the transfer portal is open. We're talking transfer portal for football, transfer portal for basketball, women's hoops. We're also going to talk diamond sports. Baseball and softball, both in rubber matches on Sunday afternoon. Did we mention Equestrian was a runner-up in national champions? We've got a whole full rundown right here on the College Loop, so don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. This one is a fun one. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama. And this place was lit. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 49 of the College Loop Podcast, and welcome to the College Loop, not after dark, but before sunrise, really. <laughs> so we are recording this at 7.30 in the morning. Oh boy, did it hurt to get up this early on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, not my favorite thing to do, Dylan, but also at the same time, I'm proud of you. You're a trooper. You're certainly not a morning person, and I think you're doing quite well, and you're you're in a good headspace today. I think I'm, I'm totally lying. You were very angry when we decided to re- record this morning, but you got through it and we're, and we're going to get through this together. So let's, let, let's, let's get on the grind and get going. Yeah, let's get going. We're starting off hot and heavy. The transfer portal started up well, yesterday as it's coming out. So in, I got, I guess an hour when this comes out, transfer portal started yesterday uh, and it was actually slower than we thought it was going to be. A lot and, slower. And I believe that has something to do with the fact that a lot of teams had their spring games. Like, we were expecting some Ole Miss guys in the portal, and they didn't. And that's just because their spring game was going on. So maybe today, tomorrow, throughout the 15 days in of the portal and find a, find a school. So it might pick up. It might not. Uh, but Auburn only lost, I believe, one player. Tavarish Dawson, the wide receiver who had the best catch of the spring game. So, yeah, give a little, take a little. Uh, but that's he would be the fourth Tiger this offseason thus far to enter the portal, joining the likes of Jeffrey Emba, Desmond Tisdall, and, of course, Cameron Brown, who is now committed to the University of Tennessee in Chattanooga. So, I'm not – I don't think we lost anybody that huge outside of Emba. Auburn's actually done a pretty good job of keeping their roster intact to this point. I don't, I don't think they're done. I don't know that this is the the end of the line for f- folks entering the transfer portal. I think there's a lot of feeling it out and seeing where there's going to be spaces elsewhere and and things of that nature. But to your to your point, Dylan, a lot of teams playing their their spring games this week, so that's part of it that, that that's keeping everything. So 
so delayed rather which also like counterpoint is that like kind of a smart idea to schedule your spring game for <laughs> the opening of the portal period so you guys don't have as much time to think about it? i don't know maybe it is maybe it's not but i think that jeffrey Imba is still far and away the most uh, important loss to this to this roster don't get me wrong i was pretty high on Tavares dawson in terms of hit, uh, a consistent receiver that auburn needed a guy that could go be possession first not necessarily turn to burn anybody and and wasn't particularly like an elite route runner, but also like one of the most consistent guys that we heard about and that we saw all spring. And I'm I'm curious to see if he's the last receiver to leave. I don't I don't think he is, because I think that this will be that'll be one of those positions in which Auburn's going to try to make an overhaul. Linebacker obviously going to be a place where you would try to make an overhaul, and now you have to go to that defensive line with the loss of Jeffrey Emba. And I, you and I discussed it or excuse me, you, you, Daniel, and I discussed it on the Thursday show. We spoke about it with, um, I, I spoke about Lindsey Crosby on the Auburn Daily Show on Friday. The Imba decision to go to the portal really solidifies the, this defensive line is probably, I think, my third or fourth biggest area of concern on this team now. Uh, but just because you're you're losing some serious depth that you actually really needed. And beyond that, I don't know, man. I Desmond Tisdall's like, he was like, cool, but... Tavares Dawson, whatever, Cameron Brown, sure. I don't even think that Auburn's done pushing guys out yet. I, I think there are some guys to get processed still. I mean, we talk about how uh, important the linebacker core is. I mean, Auburn kind of pushed out, I guess. I guess I don't think Cameron Brown was a push out. But, I mean, they would have been depth pieces on a, defense, on a linebacker core that call a spade no. a spade. No, he totally wasn't good. They, they were not good in the spring game. And I know it's a spring game, but looking bad in the spring game is pretty bad. Sure. You, know, you can't look at all the positives of that game, but it, <laughs> they, they were a huge negative. You also just need scholarships right now. Like you need oh, to yeah. acquire scholarship spots and make sure that you're not over that limit. And that you're not preventing yourself from being able to go out and do kind of do some damage in the transfer portal. And, I think that I think Auburn's done a decent job of keeping themselves set up in, in good shape there. So the sky's kind of the limit, but the transfer portal in general has been like a lot slower than we anticipated, not just at Auburn, but beyond. So maybe it's just a delayed reaction. Maybe as the show comes out today and maybe as we roll into the beginning of this week, that frenzy will pick up. And I think it will. And I think you would probably agree, but We'll just we'll just have to see what what the priorities for Freezing Company are. I think that we know them, but nothing would surprise me less than for them to go get like I don't know some random, I don't know like another kick returner just because they want to come to Auburn or something. Like I, I'm not saying that 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 Freezing them don't know what they're doing. It just feels like that that would be one of those random pickups. You're like, oh okay, cool. Where's the linebackers? Like, <laughs> where's the quarterback? Yeah. Picking up a six, a six foot one, or uh, sorry, a, a five foot ten, hundred eighty pound kick returner who can, I guess, can play linebacker too, maybe. Yeah, we're actually but, gonna we're gonna go get a guy that can play both sides of the ball. Until we fourteen, create a player out here. That's right. Uh, but yeah, talk about players Auburn's lost. Uh, let's talk about some players Auburn gained this week, this uh, this week, the past end of the week at least. Martavius Collins, a former Alabama commit, has officially flipped his commitment to, I want to say the University of Auburn so bad, but I didn't. Auburn I University. Should. The I University should. of Auburn War Eagles has yes. uh, got another. Yes. The University of Auburn War Eagles, they are good, dude. They've got some dogs. They've never had a bad recruit. <laughs> that means, yeah, you're, you're so right, Dylan. Uh, Martavius Collins flipping from Bama so big. 
I'm a huge, I, I can't begin to explain <laughs> how, how important that is for, for this, this coaching administration and, and their tenure. You got your first one. You're, you're in good shape there. You got your first big, I guess not big, but you've had big flips like Kelter Falk um, and, and, and guys like, like that, Connor Lou. But this is your first flip over the University of Alabama. And, and that's big time because that's really establishing which, what you want to, the, the message that you want to send to other schools that you're really not messing around. Um, and quite, quite frankly, I think Martavis Collins wanted to come to Auburn the whole time. I think that it was a lack of, of recruiting by the administration before Freeze. I like him a lot. Raw talent, uh, three-star, listed as an athlete, actually. Uh, 6'3", 241, out of Rome, like you mentioned. And really kind of was hinting at that he was going to flip to Auburn for a couple of weeks now and, and and kind of finally pulled the trigger and, and, and built onto this class of 2024. The Dylan, this, this class is really, really in position to wind up being a top 10, if not top five class of the, of, of, of that, of that year. Yeah. And he joins, I it is be the fifth commit of the 2024 class joining the likes of four-star Walker White, four-star Jamara Burnett, four-star Amon Lane, and four-star Jaden Lewis. And that was all from the brain. So big claps for me for having for remembering stuff at seven. In I'm the impressed. And yeah. so so now you've got a three-star thrown in here. So you're gonna have to try to make sure you you have them in an organized list that you can keep up with because now you can't just say four star, four star, four star, four star. He, he's gonna get his fourth star. Uh he had it for the longest time and then they, they took it away for some no, reason. No, they he's got it on, on three, he doesn't have it on two four seven. Ah, that that which that, you know what? Actually, we've always said that on three was the best website for rate ra- uh, rating Martavius Collins. As we have said that, 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 that is something we've that. always said. So, correction, yeah, four all four stars. But from from what I've been hearing, this is not going to be the first time. This is not going to be the last tight end Auburn tries to pick up in this recruiting class. Martavius Collins, six foot thirty two forty one. He's going to be seen more as a blocking tight end, more of the H back type beat, who can catch the ball if need be. But I've heard that. I, I don't want to butcher his name, the tight ends coach, Ben Igamawa. I want to say that's right. Beautiful. That's that right? Beautiful. Let's go me at seven in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that he's looking for a true pass catching tight end to go alongside Martavis Collins. So Auburn could have their future quarterback, their future running back, the future DBs, and the future tight ends uh, <laughs> coming up next. Uh, and I mean, and how, how big is that? Like, I, how how important is that? You've got your DBs in the class of 2023, and then you go pick up your 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 hopefully front get help on that front seven, and uh, and in, in, in the class of 2024, and you go grab tight ends. I don't think we're talking enough right now either, Dylan. Speaking of the transfer portal, going back backtracking for a second here, there's going to be at least one transfer uh, transfer out from that tight end room this year. And I don't know how that slipped into the into the cracks, but. I, I that that's another another piece to look for whether that be Luke Deal Tyler Fromm I'm not sure who that is yet. I mean, but, I, I I would say I will say that tight end room is secretly deep. Oh yeah, no, but it, there's actually it's too crowded. Yeah, and and with with a guy like Martavius Collins coming in next year, and a lot of these almost all of these guys having extra, additional eligibility in this active tight end room. I mean, like this should solidify. All right, guys, like it's, it's one one of you got to go, and I'm not saying that like condescendingly. But that was just a side note that I wanted to. I meant. I meant to. I meant to keynote on when we were talking transfer portal. I'm. I'm glad that we were talking about Martavis Collins because that's 
something. I mean, he shout out to I'm gonna call him Big Ben for right now because he, he I've seen him throw in practice before. He's gotten he's got a cannon on him. Believe me. So sure. shout out Big Ben. He contacted Martavis Collins every single day up until that commitment day, and probably still doing that. <laughs> so you shout out to him, and I mean. Auburn's entire coaching staff is just full of really good recruiters. So, one hundred percent in their class of twenty twenty four has a really solid recruiter in it. <laughs> Walker White and Jamaria Burnett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two, well, those two for sure. But Walker White honestly may be setting himself up for if he has like a. I don't want this to happen. Don't get me wrong, but if he has like an injury or something and has to take some time like away from football or take a red shirt, he he can one hundred percent be part of the coaching staff to recruit. I think that's completely not legal. I'm pretty sure that there's NCAA rules against that. But, like, I think that he, he's he got what it takes that after his 15-year NFL career, he can come back to Auburn and, and and be the lead recruiting analyst because I'm sure that's exactly what you want to do after a 15-year NFL MVP campaign. Hmm. Just 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 putting that out down the road. He's got, he's got what it takes. You're not wrong. And to move on for players Auburn gained over this past week to players they've lost, Auburn basketball has lost the commitment of my favorite player from that class, uh, Peyton Marshall. Uh, it's sad. Uh, seven foot tall, about three hundred pounds. Could have been a dual sport athlete. He could have. He could have done it all. He could have been in the left tackle on Saturdays, and then the big man in the in the front court on on midweeks. But that's right. Sadly, yeah. he has decommitted. Uh, I believe this is because Auburn is going to be targeting a lot of centers in the portal. And I think he's pretty close to West, West Flanagan. I think that that was, that was part that, of it. That could be the case as well. He, so. he actually did point in, in his decommitment toward something to the to the degree of coaching staff changes were part of his decision process, which, I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm, not, I'm really not going to hold it against any, anybody. That's I get it. If, you, if the guy who recruits you goes elsewhere, that's very understandable. And if you want to take your talents, not necessarily just to follow them, but – Elsewhere, that's that's okay too. I'm a little disappointed because I thought that Peyton Marshall was going to be a really, really uh, not thought. I still believe Peyton Marshall could have been a very, very exciting player uh, for Auburn. But who's to say? There's a lot of time between now and and his sign, uh, signing day and signing of his NLI. So, or excuse me, LOI. And um, yeah, well, well, we'll just have to we'll have to play that one through. I don't I don't know that he wants to play basketball in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, no, it should. Uh, but, I mean, if KT Horrell were to be a future hiree at Auburn. Bring him back <laughs> on the squad. Bring him back. He can also play point guard. That dude can <laughs> – <laughs> he can go recruit anybody, and you can't tell me otherwise. I mean, he's got a ring. Now he's got to come back to his home, to his, uh, to his alma mater and bring them a ring. I mean, You're yeah, so I, just not wrong. <laughs> You're it right. Would, it would be beautiful. It would be uh, perfect poetry, if you will. But I'll let you take uh, – oh, well, hold on. I, forgot, I almost forgot Matthew Cleveland. Auburn is in talks on Twitter. I don't believe anyone on the actual coaching staff has brought up Matthew Cleveland. Is he officially in the portal? Yeah, no. Matthew Cleveland is, to my to my knowledge, and you can fact check me while I run through this real quick if you don't mind because I'm, I've, I've got his stats in front of me, and we'll talk about this for a second here. To my knowledge, Matthew Cleveland's not actually in the portal. This is all manifestation. And – it does sound like there's real tra- traction on that front. And, and and we've heard a couple other names that are that are in this similar kind of boat. Julian Phillips comes to mind out of Tennessee, where where we keep hearing those those names about being who who's in, who's out. 
Dylan, you're giving me a puzzled face. Are you okay? Uh, well, I found uh, Tar Heel Times has said that he's entered the portal. Uh, so I was like, yeah, he entered the portal. I do believe he's in the portal. I Matthew believe- Cleveland, officially, as of, as of last night. Yeah, uh, per four days ago, apparently, F- Tomahawk Nation announced Okay, I'm sorry. It. Okay, Tomahawk Nation announced that four days ago? Yeah, uh, 24-7 Sports four days ago shares plans okay. to enter the so, portal. Yeah, okay. Matthew Cleveland's maybe, – maybe maybe he's one of the names that I'm getting mixed up with the, with other guys that I, I don't think are uh, – we're, we're getting a lot of smoke about namingly, like I said, Julian Phillips. But Matthew Cleveland would be a fun addition to this Auburn team. I don't know that there's a ton of traction. I've, I've heard a lot of smoke about it, and, and I, don't, I don't necessarily know – for a fact, but FSU's leading score a year ago on average, right? Yep. Which is wild because he was only averaging 13.8 points a game, which Florida State sucked. So, like, that was not too big of a surprise. 7.4 rebounds a game, 1.8 assists a game, 44.5% from the field, 35% from three. Dude can stroke the three ball. It's That, that would certainly be a fun addition. And also, Dylan – He's a guard that's six foot seven. He's Ben Simmons that can shoot. <laughs> to say it, do the thing, Dylan. Do the thing. Tall guard, tall guard, <laughs> tall guard. Thank you. Thank ben you. Simmons with a shooting form. <laughs> yes. It would be a fun piece. I I'm buying no stock right now. So I'm not really gonna try to try to get ever get deep read too deep into that, but Certainly a fun concept, right? A guy that, that could be fun to add into this Auburn backcourt. I don't think they're done. I'm not entirely sure that Auburn's done even with the backcourt. I would like to see for, for them to try to go, like, try to actually address the three and four depth problem. But, you know, who am I to 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 make that decision? Moving forward, Dylan, as, as, we, as we keep talking about Auburn basketball, Auburn women's hoops picked up two commitments this past week, one, one official, two – Yes, we, there are there are two more coming out, and officially there are three signees that have transferred to Auburn, unofficially, but also officially unofficial. That's officially unofficial. I'm. Um, it's. Just, I said that to make it as confusing as it sounds. And it's because, too early for that. Man. And well, I know, I know, Dylan, and I know it's early, but because this is just stupid. Like, why we we know this is there's four of them, but everyone's like, no, but there's technically three. There's four. There are four transfers to this point for for Coach J and company, and in both of your your transfers, you pick up. And Jemiah Minho Young, Mino Young, that's what I'm going to go with. I've not seen a phonetics guide there yet. And uh, McKenna Eddings, both guards, Dylan? Yes. Which leads me to believe that there is someone in that guard room that's going to wind up transferring out. That's, I think that, I don't know that there's room, unless you unless unless you can play either one of these two over as like a small three and, and want to go with a small rotation. But but even then, I would still think Shaw's going to get a lot of minutes. We know, honestly, Scott Grayson's going to start. Uh, I would think Marshawn Bostic's in. The outlier here for me is Caitlin Duhon. So, interesting to see there. And uh, Dylan, your thoughts on on going after two more guards and what, what women's hoops next move's got to be because I think they're going to try to pull literally seven players out of the portal. Yeah, I'm trying to get their height for all of them because uh, McKenna Eddings is six foot tall and uh, type in – let me go ahead and just control C and control V, uh, Jemiah into Google and see how tall she adding six foot for uh, in, in that backcourt would be young is young is five eight. Okay, young certainly going to have to play in the backcourt. Eddings, you could almost kind of parlay into that three three roll if you needed to. And 
six foot should get the job done. Maybe not quite the size you're looking for, but it's close. And this team's getting taller. That's something interesting too. And this via the portal and, and, and recruiting class, like this is you know, Dylan's doing the finger pointing, talking about getting taller and, and, and uh, inherently being it's is height is just inherently part of basketball folks. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> and it's crazy how that works. Right. But very interesting to see that coach Jay's going to try to go with a taller group or maybe, maybe that's the brand that you're looking for now, smaller, smaller guards, taller bigs uh, than, than we've seen in the, in the first couple of years, which tell me if that sounds familiar, small guards, tall and, and really tall bigs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan's pointing the fingers and going oh, be down now, small guards, right? No, no, no. Small guards are a, a dying breed. Okay, they're they have the dog in them, but they can't uh drive in without getting packed. Okay, you know what? Touche, fair enough. I love you, Wendell Green. No worries, yes, but and you're also very excited. Jared Harper, you're also very close to my heart, but you're also very excited to see Denver Jones on the floor. I am very excited to see Denver Jones on the floor. You are correct, <laughs> but if you gave me another year, Jared Harper, I wouldn't say no. Speaking of ex- exciting. Acts on the floor. Let's talk about gymnastics and Darion Goborn. Her appearance at NCAA Nationals. Excuse me, I had a little hiccup there. Earning a nine nine one two five in her final floor routine of her collegiate career, which was like way too low. Oh, for sure. That that routine was. I mean, I show me where you took points off. Someone show me where you take points off. But the the regional and national scoring systems were so or like so scoring results were so atrociously bad. I was not really like that been out of shape about it. LSU, I think, kind of got screwed yesterday. <laughs> Their scores were atrociously low in terms of I didn't think that LSU really had did anything to like get taken off from, but like whatever. What else is new, right? And 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 lots of shady scoring there. I, I'll I'll go on that front. I don't want to say the gymnastics kind of favored with the Florida Gators, but uh, there's some science. Behind Dylan, are you, are you telling me that you don't like when you see the Gator chomp in every single floor routine? I would deduct at least two points for every Gator chomp. Got, I, can't, can't I would not disagree with you. That's, I mean, like, it's cool and whatever. Like, I get it, but also it's really kind of crazy. Anyways, congratulations to Darion Goborn on, on her final floor routine, scoring, like I said, 99125. And wrapping up her collegiate gymnastics career, it's been nothing short of a privilege to be able to cover her while she's been at Auburn, wishing her the best of luck in the WWE, right? Dude, that's going to be so cool. She's going to do a finisher, and she's going to go. There's going to be Darian Goborn action figures. And do a swan dive as she's doing the crown. As she's doing the crown. That's freaking awesome. So she'll get to spend, I think, a year. The process after this is a year in Orlando doing WWE training, which sounds like painful and in like a lot of hard work and something that of course Darion would be really good at because she's got an incredible work ethic um so wishing her the best of luck really excited to i guess i'm gonna have to watch wwe now so here we go <laughs> very excited for that in the future let's keep talking let's see here let's let's go over the diamond sports actually nope check that we're going to talk for just one second about auburn equestrian just really quickly want to congratulate them uh f- following in the in the natty uh to smu I mean, how do you? It's it's not crazy. The SMU is literally the ponies. Like they're literally the Mustangs. It might be rigged against Auburn, to be honest with you. It I mean, might be a little rigged. Look, look. Rumor has it that the SMU is it had all the home home crowd advantage. They actually probably paid the. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know, congratulations to Auburn on on a, on a national uh, finals appearance and and runner up. 
yet again, this this team is just, oh my gosh, it's unbelievable how consistently elite Auburn Equestrian is. And one day I'm going to figure out why. Like, I'm going to figure out how <laughs> this program like came to be this dominant. You know what I mean, Dylan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'll report back as soon as I figure out why. But uh, Greg Williams and company, man, they are just consistently elite so congratulations to that group now let's talk diamond sports as we round things out here dylan on the sunday edition of the college loop baseball or softball first pick one uh softball is most painful all right so we'll start with baseball yeah <laughs> actually i don't know baseball's had a good weekend actually to this point i mean i mean i know you lose on on, on saturday you lose 4-2 and you try to make that little comeback to get spoiled at the end by alabama you have a great outing on friday night from tommy Bell. Uh, and, and you and you beat Alabama eight to four. I know you're laughing. You're sitting here giggling, Dylan. For those of you not watching the 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 YouTube version, Dylan's over here cackling because he's thinking to himself, "Yeah, well, Auburn went into the bottom of the ninth inning up eight to nothing, and wound up winning that game eight to four. They tried their they tried their best, their damnedest to do the Auburn thing. Not forget the bases were loaded either. Yeah, yeah, four, oh, yeah. There was certainly like all four of those runs were freaking walks, dude. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was it was hard to watch on Friday night once you got Vale out of the game. Uh, you got one good inning from I'm sorry, I'm I'm, pulling, I'm looking in front of me here. Real quick. It wasn't it wasn't Cannon. Uh, I that's why was, I said I just I choked because it should I was thinking it was Cannon. Bauman. It was Tanner Bauman. Tanner Bauman. Oh, and you left him in forever. Butch. Butch. And then you wound up having to bring in Will Cannon to get out of it. Because Tanner Bowman came in and and loaded him up, walked him around, walked him around. It, it became a merry-go-round for Alabama, and then the bottom of the bottom of the, of the ninth. But I don't want to get too hung up on that, Dylan. I want to I want to actually talk for a second about Tommy Bell throwing how many innings? Six and a half, seven innings. I think it was seven. It was seven. Seven foot was like seven complete innings. Uh, seven innings of six. No, six and a half. Six point two innings of shutout ball. I mean, what in the world? Tommy Vale, hello. What, hello. Something Where have you been? Yeah, like, welcome back in, in a weekend situation over a team that you've got to beat. And I was impressed, man. I mean, only issued four walks his entire time out. No earned runs, obviously, and four strikeouts. He just cut through guys effectively and efficiently. And that's the kind of stuff that you need to build off of because whole – Holy cow, did Auburn need an outing like that? Not just for Tommy Vale, but for other, like the, the rest of this Auburn bullpen and rotation for that matter, to be like, oh, wow, we can do that. Like we can, like we have some confidence. And then you go into Saturday's matchup with Alabama, and dude, my man keeps, I'm so frustrated with, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show a little bias here, Dylan. I am so upset for my boy Drew Nelson. It is unbelievable. You finally put him in, in a situation where Drew can like actually like have some success, and then Drew gets lit up, and 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 you you pull him in the, in the second inning. You're over already into into your bullpen, and then somehow Auburn's bullpen only gives up one run. Like where's this been, huh? Hello, knock, knock, knock. Like who's there? The pitching's been actually been okay this weekend, Dylan. Uh, yeah, and that's probably the first time we've been able to say that since uh... the pitching's been borderline good. 
you better knock on some wood over there, man. <laughs> uh, I I I want to say it as much as the next guy, but uh, oh my heavens, can this pitching staff get bad? Oh yeah, for sure. This has been a unicorn of a weekend uh, for Auburn baseball. <laughs> but it's coming at the right time. You have to have it right now because you're you're getting some help from the Mississippi schools beating up on each other. Let's be honest. And then they're playing each other this weekend. So you're getting some help from, from those two having an absolute sludge fest, but you need to make up ground in the sec. I think that if, if you win this weekend, you're actually, your chances of going to regionals are astronomically higher. Like I, like I actually, I actually think that you've got a solid footing and ground to think and assume that you're going to regionals. They need to win what nine more SEC games? Uh, no, they need five, to win five more. Five more. So they got to beat Bama. Uh, got to take. I don't one or two so, Mississippi State. So ten is the magic number about on average. And ten conference games is on average the number that, that you need to reach to be able to make the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I. I don't know that Auburn's there. The schedule ahead's not like great, but also I I'm not entirely sold that it's like not possible. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, Ole Miss, you could probably steal a game. LSU steal a game. You know, you could you could win you can win a series over Mississippi, Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State is if there's a team worse. No, not if there are teams worse in the conference than Auburn. Don't don't get me wrong. Is Missouri? Uh, uh maybe. It just depends on which Missouri team you get. So it's only Mississippi State. It's on the schedule that you can yeah. be like shoe yeah, in you a win play somewhere. South Carolina, LSU, and then Ole Miss in that order. No, Ole Miss is at the bottom of the barrel too. You could win two or three in Oxford if you play well. Like you, you there are four, there are five SEC wins remaining on this on this on this game on this schedule. And in a fifth one, if you pick up the the second win and win the series over Alabama today. That's there's a clear route. There's a clear path. I just want to talk about how on my birthday, Auburn has to walk into Columbia, South Carolina and get that pitching rotation absolutely lit up in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, well, that's I'm just not going to watch that game. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my birthday. <laughs> that's right. At age 16, my I, went, I drove from Atlanta, Georgia to Auburn, Alabama to watch Auburn baseball lose to Brigham Young on my birthday. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dylan. Auburn softball is taking on LSU this weekend, and they are kind of in a similar situation as Auburn baseball right now in, t- in terms of this weekend series. Very different overall picture situations. But they've got a rubber match with LSU this this, this afternoon and, and an opportunity to win an SEC series. Talk to me about where they're at, where Auburn softball has been to this point in the weekend, and, and what you look to see this afternoon as Auburn is going to try to go capture that home series victory, a place that Auburn's been very tough to beat, J.B. Moorefield. Yeah, so uh, Friday, of course, we got the Matt, Maddie Penta uh, masterclass, as we usually always get. And yesterday, uh, yesterday was a loss. Uh, Shelby Lowe pitched pretty well, uh, but she got lit up, and I believe the fourth inning get a, gave up a double, a two RBI home run, and then she got pulled for Annabelle Weidra. And they pitched pretty good. I mean, you can't help that one pitch just kind of goes a little haywire and goes over the fence. Can't help that really. Uh, but I mean today Maddie Pitt is back on the mound. And, you know, uh, Auburn can definitely win the series over a higher ranked team, uh 13 ranked LSU. 
And it's so. been a low scoring weekend at this point for, for both sides, which I mean, that's conference play, right? That's good pitching. Yeah. And I, mean, I say low scoring average, no, no more than five runs for either team. I think Auburn posted five on Friday night and uh, nothing crazy. And you're not going to get that kind of separation because the defense is better. The pitching is better. And in these games are ultra competitive. Auburn was right there last night or yesterday afternoon rather. And then really could have already won the series. I fully expect that they, if, if they don't win this series, it'll be a, another one of those close games. Uh, regardless, is this one is a one or two run differential for whoever winds up walking away. But if it, I, I like Auburn's chances, are really, really tough to beat at J.B. Moorefield, like we mentioned. They have been absurdly good there. I think they've only lost three times or four times there this year. I think three is the, I think three is the, it was three. I think it was three coming into this weekend. So I think it's four times now. I'll look at it. You can fact check me while, while I move forward. But yeah, that should be – it's a golden opportunity, like you like you mentioned, to take down a team higher ranked than you, than you and get put yourself in good. You said three times this year? Yeah, okay. that LSU loss was the third loss. Third, third home loss of the season. Yeah, like I said, Auburn is unbelievably good. And if they could play all their games at Jamie Moore, I'm sure they would for a lot of reasons. But <laughs> if it's the vibes, it's the vibes. But we'll, we'll, we'll see if they're able to secure a victory over LSU this weekend and, and a victory that should help their – power index a lot in terms of seeding and going into that regional because Auburn softball has actually been strong enough as of late. If they can string together a couple more series wins, like they may wind up hosting again. Like I, we were, we were worried that they weren't going to host. And now I think that we are confidently in, in, in the mix in the conversation to uh, see that Auburn softball, see Auburn softball host a regional as you head to NCAA postseason play. That being said, Dylan, that's going to actually wrap up our Sunday show. For the college loop, got a couple of things before we get out of here. First and foremost, thank you guys so much for following along on all of our social media platforms and specifically on YouTube. Had our thirst, first thousand thousand view video last night. And our first video hit a thousand views, which is the Thursday show. You guys are incredible. You guys are insane. It's wild, and and we appreciate you. And we we want you guys to know that we cannot express enough our support. Uh, how much we appreciate your support. And and how much we love doing this stuff, kind of stuff for you guys and putting this content together because it, it it's we don't do it for us, we do it for you guys. So we appreciate you following along. While you're here, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell, drop in the comments, give us your hottest Auburn sports take for the week. That's what I want on Sundays. I want the hottest takes for the week. And uh, that whether that be about the transfer portal window for football or basketball, whether that be about baseball, can they come down the stretch and win 10 games? Can they win more in the SEC? Softball, do you think that Auburn softball can go on some crazy tear and win 14 games in a row? Tell us. I don't know. I'm, I'm, we're, we're curious about your, your hot take Sundays here on the College Loop. That being said, I'm Harrison Tarr. Add by Harrison Tarr on the Bird app. You can check out all my written work on the Auburn Daily, theauburndaily.com. More of my podcasting work on the Auburn Daily Show every Wednesday and Friday, Wednesday with Dylan Lark, every Friday with the legendary Lindsey Crosby. You can go check out yesterday's, or excuse me, two days ago and check out our Friday episode. It's still relevant, still very relevant. We talked a lot about previewing the, the transfer portal and really it was actually spot on because I think we heard a couple things right before we went on there. So I had a lot of fun there. The rest of my content right here on the college loop. And if you want to listen to me, I'm on ESPN plus Colin Mercer athletics, uh, most, uh, most Friday, Saturday, Sundays, I kind of rotate them in and out. You can follow me along, along with me on the bird app and I'll let you know when I'll be on in the booth. So don't had a lot of fun. Actually, I'm kind of awake this morning. That's such a lie. I'm going straight back to bed. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. This is going to be edited and going <laughs> up. I'm going down. I'm going to the bed. <laughs> I'm going to bed, waking up and going to the booth <laughs> and then coming back and going back to bed. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, my name is Dylan Lark. Hey, you boy, the tank on Twitter. If you're watching, it's just right below me, right over here. And if you're listening, it's at Y-A-B-O-I the tank. And 
Catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday with Lance Daw and Wednesday with Harrison Tarr. And go check out my written work on the AuburnDaily.com where I only talk about the transfer portal because that's all there is to talk about anymore in today's Your boy the writer. Your boy the writer. And follow College Loop literally everywhere. If you want to listen to us, you got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. You can also watch us on YouTube. Make sure to go like, comment, and subscribe. And social media. You got us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. But again, sadly, no MySpace whatsoever. It's sad, depressing. Yes, I know. We'll, we'll nap on it and think about it. Uh, but with all that being said, with the College Loop Podcast.